Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a lot. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Caville, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. Just listen to the professors. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ain't got to be quiet today. Well, I guess maybe it depends on which side we're pulling from the tree. Yeah. Texas Southern or Prairie View or Jackson State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can't. Uh, fam, you side for AD Drew, North Carolina Central. He just straight calling them the boogeyman. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it one time. <laughs> no, sir, you ain't getting me, <laughs> Brother Sims. With that being said, as you can see, we're in our suite. That is 228. I don't think Mike has left the suite <laughs> since the game yesterday. Or at least he's disappeared. But I can say, as you see, he is finally on assignment. So Empty cup. Empty cup. Empty cup. You know what happens. <laughs> well, as you can tell, it's been a good thing for us over here at Prairie. It's been a great homecoming weekend. Uh, we decided from the comfort of the RV yep. to the suite. So we asked the powers that be, and we even let Charles. Charles is making some news around here. How are you going to get us back in my chair? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, that's another story. Let's <laughs> Welcome to episode 454 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports, but institutions large and small. From NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-hosts, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're from, from our home studios in Center Sigal Live. The Caseway Shore 38 Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame, Ralph Cooper, Ralph Cooper, multi-Hall of Fame, in the beautiful home of Prairie View A&M University from Prairie View, Texas. Glad I made sure I got that right. Yes, I might be in trouble as I left campus. With that being said, traditionally, you know, we give all uh, cigar smokes for those that are warm. Today, I'm so delighted <laughs> I actually get to do cigar-shaped as a pipe. <laughs> Shout out, as I said, Charles. Thanks, mm. State. Yeah. Great job calling Prairie Gate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate We're going to keep you employed. My man, CB. Keep you employed. Shout <laughs> out to you, Mike. Yeah, 1876, live broadcast, and the new TV communication center on campus. So, 1876 Sports and Culture class. Hey, great team. Shout out. You did pull that off. Yeah, pull that off. That's pretty good. From the building inside the TV lab. 
Shout out to Joshua Sim Senior. Uh, yeah. Seems like you made it through homecoming just fine. Yeah, man. You know what, Doc? Truth be told, man, I got kids, dog. So, like, you know what I'm saying? I got three of them under six. And happy, happy, happy birthday to my, my baby, my baby girl, Jahari, our middle daughter. Tomorrow is her birthday. And we always get a chance to culminate homecoming with her birthday. So, happy birthday, baby girl. Daddy loves you so much. But yeah, dog, I got kids, dog. I, I can't, I can't do homecoming like everybody else, dog. I snuck through the bowl yesterday for y'all, y'all who don't know this, that's that uh that are getting a chance to see it through the videos and the pictures. Uh, you know, after homecoming, after the homecoming win, uh, after the sound machine is tearing it down in the stadium, uh, we uh we all meet inside the center part of the stadium, of, of, the, of the campus in what we call the bowl. Uh, some of us call it the alumni bowl. It has the Greek letters and, and all of the Greek paraphernalia inside of that bowl as well. But there's also a stage in there. There's a there's a fountain with, you know, water and all of that good stuff. It's a beautiful scene. And when I say thousands, I mean thousands. Tens of thousands of people all converge on the center part of campus uh, from the yard all the way to the bowl. And we all celebrate, man. Bottles of champagne is popping and whatever other type of delight. I mean, you can smell the other types of uh, delight that's in the air. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, dog. I, yeah, dog. Doc, I, I, I know uh, not what you speak I, of. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I hop, skip, I hop, skip, and jump past that, dog. I had to get back to the crib. Uh, but uh, man, happy homecoming, the Eagle Nation, man. And uh, we, 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 we had a magnificent time yesterday. But yeah, dog. Like I said, I got kids. Dog. I got to get back, dog. I hey, I, I said the same thing, Josh. If you know anything about a PB homecoming. There's yeah. three different tailgating sections. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's what we call the residential area. Yes, and then there's what we call Third War. And that's Army, Army Nation on the grass. Yes, sir. I, yes, sir. I got kids. I got three kids. And I accidentally snuck out to take a nightly stroll. And I was like, is that what these kids are doing? <laughs> I was like, I can't hang anymore. I, I just can't hang. But you know, congratulations to Panther Nation on a tremendous weekend. Uh, not only the football team, the band, yeah. the art. You, can, uh, you can't see it now, but you can see RV Nation still out here, and still you can out. still you get those. You know what? What, what do you call it? The the, the smells of. The, the, aroma. the aromas, the, the aromas of the aroma or teen spirit, as he's called. Yeah, it. teen spirit. But, but I hold my nose. The, the left-handed aroma. Oh, and then one more congratulations! Congratulations to all those fan bases that got just a little more familiar with your basketball coach yesterday. Absolutely. So congratulations, bro. <laughs> so you talking about there's some folks officially yeah, on the Yeah, yeah, so there's some folks officially on the lead. Hey, Chuck, you said really it pulling my coach. Is that hey. why BJ is not here? Oh, BJ, oh my God, BJ, yeah, we got to bring BJ back in. But yeah, some, hey, Chuck, some fan bases. He said, yeah, Wi-Fi. Are you saying they're reading the bios this morning? They're reading the basketball. Yeah, they're they reading the bios. They're getting acquainted with band rankings. A lot of things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, D. Drew, we're coming to you. Some of this foolishness. These folks have some homes coming. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure you're probably still having a little bit of your homecoming from last week layover, so you can join the fun. You did get it done. Right. Cigars to you for your rallies. It looks like they pretty much have locked up uh, based on tiebreakers, um, but that's not official, but they pretty much have locked up hosting the championship game with the win over the Bulldogs yesterday. So shout out to you. But then to your despair, you can't get happy too long before your Tuskegee Golden Tigers 
uh, disappear in, in their big final game, and it looks like it has cost them a shot in the uh, championship game against Benedict. Nah, can I see that pipe again? That you got your hand. <laughs> can, you, can you raise that pipe up? Now, do me a favor. Turn it on the side. Turn it on the side. Nah, like that way, vertically. Oh, Vert vertically. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to Tuskegee yesterday. <laughs> the L? Okay. The L? The L. Hey. With, with everything. <laughs> <laughs> with everything set up for Tuskegee to get into the conference championship game. With no, without even having to go to the nerves in the back. What mm. Valley lost. That, that being at 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central, with the Tuskegee Miles and kicked off, we had control of our home destiny. We didn't have to wait. We didn't have to think. No controversy. We had a team being tied for that second place. It was up to the Golden Titans. But I told y'all the doomsday scenario would happen. And we had some yakish stuff go on <laughs> In this in the SIAC, and it is what it is. The team with the worst overall record of the four-team side with two wins, it gets to be the representative. I thought it only happened in the beginning, but I guess this is the new SIAC. When you get away from divisions, you get this kind of crazy stuff that happens because it's uh, the beginning. Also, a uh, bit of a somber note. Uh, today, I uh, want to say happy birthday to your uh, baby girl, Josh, and wish her, wish her many more. But also, today for me and my family is uh, my late sister's uh, birthday. Uh, would have been 30, 39 years old today. And uh, she's got a foundation called Faith Walker Foundation uh, that's kind of purpose for uh, helping women with get through things such as domestic violence and. Uh, you know, helping women uh, achieve more with their lives and everything, setting them up for success, uh, former state legislature in the state of Missouri. They're having a uh, fundraising dinner in honor of my uh, sister today. So uh, despite all the uh, the thrills that we have yesterday, uh, just just wanted to throw that uh, little somber note out for you all. Yeah. Certainly continue prayers for you and your family. Uh, it is most appropriate that we continue to honor uh, obviously our elders um, as well as those that uh, have went on uh, in terms of uh, that as well. With that being said, I want to take a point of privilege. Uh, let me do my today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab sponsored by THC Agency. LLC, THC Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting data analytics. All right, that's out there. With that being said, I want to give a shout out to Deshaun Baker, brother Baker. Yes. Uh, in terms of what he and the executive team, one chapter, one shield put together. I have him on the executive team, but I like to let the young folks go to work and get it done. And what they put together for the second year, which was last year, in terms of what they're calling the Iceland, Alpha Prairie View, you know, Eddie Gamma and those uh, extended brothers, Iceland. Uh, is off the chain, and they have it perfectly planned out. Where today, where folks like Mike and myself, we can go over there, we get our tables with our bottles, we can pop bottles, look like we want to professional. 
But then it turns into the scene where the undergraduate and those just graduated, uh, where I can't even talk about how much type of fun they're having after that. I'll believe that right there. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Corey, uh, the twin of Kobe. Yep. He floated around all yesterday. <laughs> and Kelsey, he keep very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> text you about 12. Y'all still out there? One o'clock, y'all still out there? <laughs> Where are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> then he brought his brother, Kobe, and they brought the whole wide receiver uh, group gang down there. And so they got to eat. Brought some of the running backs with him as well. So shout out to Kobe for getting it done. Getting I did have done. a chance to float that Camille Cavill question, and I'm still I'm not laid off of that one. <laughs> My family divided. It's a whole other story. With that being said, let's take our first break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll get into some of these scores officially so you can see what happened in the top seven. Uh, both in the mid-major and major division, see what these guys think about it. And, and as we said, we'll see who the official boogie mans are, who's still in the race, because as much as you talk about the Miakish and Siakish, uh the swack West is kind of swackish. Yes. Mm. We'll see if it continues that way or if somebody risen to the top and made a statement this past weekend. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson.
This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab. Boy, I'm a bad man. That's why I stay out of trouble. I'm doing honeydew list, doing the commercial breaks. I'm done. <laughs> Shout out to my wife. Thank you for allowing me to be me. With that being said, let's get into poll ranking. Josh ain't the only one that can get some love right here. Shout out to us. <laughs> See, I'm on the other side. My wife is Alabama a &M, So she's like, go do your time fooler over there and leave that alone. I took it to homecoming, so I won. I won. They won. I won. We won. Life is good. I supposed to do it, baby. There you be a family with two of them. I don't know about the other folks on the ledge, though. Some folks lost homecoming yesterday. You're right. Yeah. You're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into it. The one game you ain't supposed to lose. <laughs> you feel me? Y'all don't lie. What? Well, that's problem with him, he just got them. One of the days, y'all going to let me lose. <laughs> <laughs> lose my job because I lost homecoming. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dropped it out. Dropping out this week. Uh, this past week, as you know, with Everwater Tigers, Miles Golden Bears, both of those teams that dropped out last week, they actually won. So it'll be interesting. So in terms of those receiving votes, Miles Golden Bears, they won this past weekend. Johnson C. Smith ended their season on a positive note as they won. Florida Memorial, as we said, um, they won as well in terms of their game, conference opponent. We'll get into that. But at number seven, Fort Valley State Wildcats lose to the Albany State Golden Rams. Their robbery game 13-7 to in defensive slugfest. So Fort Valley State falls to 73-6-2. They were not ranked uh, in last week's poll, so we'll see what this means. Do they fall right back out? We shall see on Tuesday. At number six, Tuskegee Golden Tigers lose to Miles Golden Bears, 35-10, 7-3, as they fall there in the conference race, 6-2, creating a crash course of teams in the second spot. Drew kind of gave you an update of what that looked like. We'll get further into it. Number five, Fayetteville State Broncos, quietly, if you would want to say, defeated Winston-Salem State, the fighting Stephen Gates, 40 to 34. <laughs> uh, they improved 8 and 2, 8 and 0. Uh, so Fayetteville continues to get it done. And Fayetteville will play in the CIAA championship game. And we'll tell you who they play in just short. That's all number four. Yeah, exactly. And number four, Alan Yellow Jackets moves to number one. Benedict Tigers, 37-9. Uh, hmm. Allen Yellow Jackets, with a great season, didn't quite have the ability to make that final statement. It certainly wasn't as close as many of us thought it would be uh, as they fall to 73-5-3. But credit to them uh, what they've gotten done this season when many people didn't even think they would uh, be this close. At number three, Virginia State Trojans. Dr. Henry Fraser third said he's ready for these games, but his players were not quite as they lose to the number two, Virginia Union Panthers, 30 to 20. They were on the road, tough contest. Uh, good, great game there. So they fall to eight and two, six and two on the season. And that means number two, the Virginia Union Panthers, uh, in terms of a semifinal matchup, it seems like, uh, basically for the Northern Division, they get it done as they defeat uh, that number three, Virginia State Trojans in that matchup. They are now 9-1 on the season, 7-1 overall. With that being said, they'll play and represent the Northern Division, if you would, for the CIAA Championship. Should be a great game. It's actually a rematch of a regular season game 
that uh, A.D. Drew always likes to refer to as the hurricane game uh, in regards to that. Fayetteville State did win it, so it'll be fascinating to see. Can Virginia Union get a little revenge from this year and last year? So, or what Fayetteville State says, we're not playing with y'all. We know what we're doing. And they get it done. Fascinating. One to watch next weekend. Bring us the number one, the Benedict Tigers. Defeat number four, Allen Yellow Jackets, their rival, their 7-9. Dominate them, dominate the game, dominate the SIEC. They're 10-0 on the season, the only undefeated uh, HBC program. I left this the seats. They finished the regular season at 8 0. All nine first place votes. The Benedict Tigers are who we thought they were uh, in terms of that. And they continue to show. They set down the show now with the SIAC. They'll be in the championship game. It looks like from some reports that Albany State, the Golden Rams, will be the representative that will face them. That's not official unless AD Drew can tell us otherwise. That being said, Mike check one two. Yeah, we got one, two. Yep. Okay, because I had, I had turned my mic down for a second. But according to a release from the SIAC, and I believe that was on Thursday that they that they made this release, and I will read it verbatim. If you guys get to this, what I read into this, Albany State is the number two representative and talked to a couple people at all from Albany State on yesterday. They've already got their hotel reservations for uh if they not the representative then it's gonna be a lot of people hoping that they did refund them. So those uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, those hotels. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Some reason it doesn't. It's not. Oh, there we go. Perfect. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts on the top seven of the big games? Any games stood out to you? Uh, Benedict Tigers. I think, uh, like you mentioned, they are who we thought they were, and uh, especially uh, you want to give kudos to a team that to, that goes undefeated a lot of times uh, because they make it look easy. We can we can we tend to you know overlook that, but. I don't want to overlook that this morning. That was an impressive victory over a really good Allen Yellow Jacket team. And uh, Chance Berry, take you out to what he's done with that program. Uh, Benedict is uh, that that monster, uh, that monster in the SIAC. Good luck uh, taking them on in the SIAC championship. Good stuff, good stuff. Joshua Sims Sr., let me go to you. What were your thoughts, top seven? Any games? Yeah, I ain't even going to lie, dog. I'm kind of like, the news y'all just dropped, I'm kind of like, Sending out text messages, like to see if, like, what in the world, bro? If Albany's in that game. I got a lot of family who went to Albany State who would love to go to that game. Nonetheless, though, but to the top seven. Hey, <laughs> Doc, come on. I know Dr. Frazier. I know he's not feeling it this morning. I ain't even gonna send him no text oh, messages. Oh, yeah. Yep. I ain't gonna call him. But, but to you, everybody else's point, man, Benedict is who we thought they were. Um, I, I, you know, and, and a super kudos to Allen, man. That program has taken light years worth of jumps ahead as a program. Um, so I got to give some love to, to, to Allen. And then, um, and I just hate that for, for uh, Dr. Frazier, man, because I know that, you know, you're right there, you're right there. But, um, but shout out to Virginia Union, man. We got a rematch in the CIAA championship game coming up. Uh, Jada Byers is 
You know what I'm saying? He is who he say he is. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. And then Fable State is what everybody – I mean, Fable State is Fable State, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. But uh, I'm looking forward to this, dog. I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. CIAA championship game, SIAC championship game, depending on who's actually – we know who already in it. But depending on what ends up coming out, I'm interested. I can't wait. Certainly. Hey, D. Drew, I'm going to come to you. Let me um, get your thoughts in terms of – Top seven matchups. I mean, top seven poll rankings this week. It, it, it's interesting that uh, that Fort, Fort, Fort Valley lost. Uh, number one, yeah. uh, that was interesting. The way, not only that they lost, but the way they lost that particular game. Number two, David Wright with the chance to basically sew up the Conference Player of the Year award with a good performance mm, against Philly. Did not do that, so that race is going to be wide open this week as they vote on conference player of the year. Miles, way to bounce back after basically getting your getting your honey handed to you uh, by Albany State last week. Uh, go to Bears, uh, we're going out in that particular matchup. And let's talk about Albany State, a team that we left for dead after week five, week six. Now they are playing in the SIAC championship. You know, people said they wanted to see a new matchup that they hadn't seen this year because some people didn't want to see the uh, uh, Miles game against Ben Dick because Ben Dick had already beat Miles. Uh, Fort Valley did not have a good game against Benedict. Nowhere in those conversations did <laughs> anyone say anything about Albany State. So, and uh, last thing, I know they're outside the top seven, but I saw uh, Florida Memorial live in person yesterday, mm. and I understand why they gave Bramman Fitz and was able to put up 500 yards against Bramman. Those brothers down there are huge. I thought I saw a Division One team walking into that stadium yesterday just based on size. had nothing to do with talent. They won the all, they won the all airport uh, portion of this show, and they proved it on the field yesterday also. Good stuff. Mike, let me come to you. Get your thoughts on any game that stood out top seven. Well, <clears throat> one is personal because I got family roots in Fort Valley. And I see, I heard you hemming and hauling over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's always a big classic. That's always a classic game. I was texting my father-in-law who teaches at Fort Valley. He attended Fort Valley. My wife's parents, whole family went there. So we we're dialed in. And earlier this year, I remember even on a couple of these shows, everybody fell in love with Miles. Ooh, Miles beat Alabama. Everybody was drinking the Miles Kool-Aid. Ooh, wow. Ooh, they lost to Benedict by three. Nobody was talking about it. Alabama's uh, all Benny State. I'm sorry. Let me make sure I say that right because everybody gets me on my pronunciation. All Benny State. Nobody was talking about it. And here it comes to the class. And it's a hardball game, 13-7, and now look where they are. So that one stood out to me for that reason. Defensive battle, but it's also a classic. So that one stood out to me. And my father-in-law, they were, they had a few choice words to say about the referee, <laughs> but we won't go there. So that one stands out the most to me. Good stuff, Mike. Good stuff. He said maybe personally. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the major division games where it gets uh, interesting for some folks as well. You talking about those folks on the ledge? My goodness. dropping out last week was Alabama A&M Bulldogs. 
they at least made it interesting for a half. It seems like everybody makes it interesting for a half into rally. Then they wake up and they like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. Bye. And they just leave you. So they couldn't get it done there at home in their last home game. Grandma State Tigers are no longer in the race in the West Division as they lost to Alabama State. Uh, that continues to get things done and um, – People were questioning whether the coach needed to go about midway through the season. I would guess that has probably changed. Hampton Pirates are five and four, three and three as they improve. Uh, looking to see if they can get a winning record. Uh, kudos to the Pirates. Up and down season, but uh, could have a winning one. Solid. Howard Bison. Oh, major letdown. Four and five, two and on the season. They still have stuff on the line. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Stop. And number that, seven. Is, is that a letdown though? Never mind. <laughs> Is that really? <laughs> number seven, Southern Jaguars. They lose to the number five, Alcorn State Braves, and they get beat up 44 to 21. I'm not sure if the game was as close as the score there. Five and four, four and two. Previous rank five, they dropped the seven. Charles, I'm officially come to you once it's done. I'm coming to you first because I know what you want to do. And number six, Alabama State Hornets defeat the Grandma State Tigers 17 to six. Defensive slugfest there. They slow down Grandma, who offense was doing everything early this year, but they kind of hit some snags of late. Uh, Alabama State improves to five and three, four and two in the conference rate. Uh, solidly in the second position up there. Uh, at number five, Auckland State Braves defeat number seven Southern Jaguars, as I said. So they improved to six and three and five and one when everybody was ever ready to. Mary the Braves after they lost the prayer view. Yep. Charles said, slow down. Charles said it. He yes. did say that. He, he did it. He did. At number four, Jackson State Tigers defeat Texas Southern Tigers 21 to 19. Man, the Tigers just, I, it's, it's one of those seasons. They tie the game up, go for two, can't do it to get it tied. Yeah. And, and the Jackson State Tigers go home smiling as they continue to win 73 5 and 2. They stay at number four, though. At number three, Tennessee State Tigers. Everybody was decided about the Tigers. Joshua said, y'all don't want this in your life. And then they could be more Charleston Southern Buccaneers than they like. And they fall <laughs> six to three, two and two on the yeah. season. They fall oh, by 14 in terms of that matchup. Disappointing there. At number two, Florida a Rallies defeat Alabama A&M Bulldogs 42 to 28. They improved to eight and one, seven and zero in the conference race. Five first place votes. Uh, remember, they dropped from the number one ranking after a couple of weeks last weekend and number one North Carolina Central as they have their first week in the number one position this week. Defeat Norfolk State Spartans 38-24. They improved to 8-1, 3-0, leading the MEAC. So it'll be interesting uh, as we go forward. Before I go to Joshua, who just seems like <laughs> having a great time, I got to go to Charles first because I promised it. <laughs> well, you know, Doc, I think finally maybe now the Braves fans and Braves fanatics you can quit firing forever and there. I mean, it's just, just <laughs> exactly. it is a normal ritual year after year to the fire there. But uh, shout out to the big band Braves. They came through in a big way yesterday uh, in terms of handling business at home. And, uh, you know, it was in, in dominant fashion. And I think that the thing that really stuck out was the, the young man who uh, had a couple of interceptions uh, oh, yesterday man. in terms of his post-game presser uh, mentioned it not being recruited. And then uh, he actually talked about some of the things that Jag Nation has been 
you know, harping on week after week in terms of uh, the familiarity uh, with the play calling and things of that nature. So oh, wow. that, that really stood out yesterday. Uh, shout out to the Tallahassee Visitors and Convention Bureau. You're about to make some money. Yep. <laughs> the city of Tallahassee is really about to make some money. We've seen with the Economic Models, what the SWAC championship, what it brings to the city, uh, what it brings to the campus, things of that nature, FAMU. Uh, uh, kudos, kudos to Rally Nation. So those are things that stuck out for me. He said the Tallahassee Visitor Brew. <laughs> Got the win. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they won, got the whole government win. <laughs> Joshua Sims, what is on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Doc, I came on the show last week. Chuck was gone last week, so we couldn't do our patent. Just, you know what I mean? Well, I came, we came on the show last week, and I said two things. <laughs> I said, Tennessee State, you don't want these problems. Watch your mouth. We got soap and water for that blasphemy y'all putting in y'all mouth right now. And how? 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 I mean, we try to make it beautiful for y'all. We try to help y'all out. We want to make it great. We want all of it to be set up. And look what y'all mm. going to do. Look what y'all going to do. Y'all go wet the bed. Mm. You know, it was all types of stuff happening down in Orangeburg this weekend, and y'all go wet the bed. Man, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, fam, Jackson, you know what I mean? And shout out to Coach Taylor, man. Listen, it's very difficult to win these amount of games in your first year as a head coach. Mm -hmm. Look across the landscape, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody else losing in their first season. That brother down there setting the record straight. In comparison to his contemporary, I ain't gonna go there. Nonetheless, <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Coach Taylor and what he's doing down at Jackson State. Great win yesterday, came to a nail biter, but you take the ugly wins like you take the pretty ones. <laughs> and then prayer view, baby. I, I, that's how you hold it down for homecoming. And I got to say this, Doc, because I haven't said this, and I wasn't on the bandwagon because I'm not an all corn state grad, so I don't have a dog in that fight to be, you know, throwing Coach McNair out of the school or keeping them there. I don't have a dog in that fight, but I got to say this. Alcorn State is the scariest team not named Florida A&M right. in that Very much so. Right. They're the right. scariest right. team. And what makes it even scarier, dog, is they ain't played, fam. Nope. That's true. That makes it, dog, if his not named Jeremy Musa, Aaron Allen is the swat Offensive player of the year if your name is not Jeremy Jerome Moose. Yeah, yep. And that's all I got to say. But as far as with the top dogs, I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. <laughs> oh, it is Sunday. We got Joshua preaching over here. We yeah. got his elections Tuesday. He didn't went to the preacher pulpit. But that being said, <laughs> Eddie Drew, what was your biggest game this weekend that stood out to you? Top seven. You know what, Aaron? You know why Aaron Allen is one of the top contenders for the Swag Offensive Player of the Year? It's because he started the season at all point as the backup quarterback. Mm. It seems like every other year, somebody who starts the season as the backup quarterback at Alcorn winds up being in the race for conference player of the year if they don't wind up winning the whole doggone thing. Sure. So for all I'll I'll count on this front. For all y'all talking about what Fred Bidrett don't do. 
I can tell you what he does do, and that's develop a backup quarterback. Develop quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, backup quarterback. Everybody can come in and throw some dives. Throw, throw, some, throw some bullets. Um, moving on down the line, uh, of course, we're going to have the comparison once again, Florida and uh North Carolina Central, North Carolina Central, Florida and Going to be a little tougher this week. Both of them essentially won by the same score, same margin. So you really can't, and I'm just being honest, it's really kind of hard to judge about the performance on Saturday. Very, very similar performances uh, out of two teams, and, that, and that's a good thing. Uh, HBCUs, let me tell y'all the see. Do not play a gay Giardinia coach team, whether he works for an HBCU or he no longer works for an HBCU. Because all he does is beat HBCUs. He did it in Albany State. He ran through the uh, SIAC when he was at Albany State. Now he's been gone over to Charleston Southern. And for all those Tennessee State people, who, who had something over there? Oh. He he just shut down another HBCU <laughs> in Tennessee State <laughs> and took their hopes and their dreams away from them. So you shout out to Coach Gage. You cold-blooded, Drew. You cold-blooded, Drew. I know where he's going. Shout out to Coach Gage. Just like Hampton is the HBCU killers, Coach Gage is the HBCU killers as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> and that last thing, is there, is there another team that's hotter than uh, Alabama State right now. Yeah, Alabama State. Although they can't win it, they can they can spoil a whole lot of things out here. Yep, you sure right, Mike. What you got? I was thankful and prayerful <laughs> that Prairie View played Alcorn when they did. Bought <laughs> <laughs> that monster yesterday. They didn't want that. <laughs> they did not want that. Oh, I'm boy. serious. They did not want If you saw that game, I said they watch that game in the suite. Nobody wants to play Alcorn right now. That's the hottest team I agree. And fam, you stop jacking up the hotel cost. <laughs> I look at hotel cost. It's five hundred dollars. It's Tallahassee, bro. It's Tallahassee, man. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge 
featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love, love, and root about. So listen to Professor Yesser and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into some of these key matchups we did this past week. And we start with the mid-major game. As you heard us coming into this, we had some good ones. Now let's get into those particular matchups. Mid-major classic game of the week. Columbia, Georgia, Bragg Memorial State, and Fountain City Classic. Auburn State Golden Rams get it done. They improved 7472 as they defeat number seven Fort Valley State Wildcats. This is a top 10 matchup in a lot of ways. Uh, as you had the Wildcats fall to 7-4 and 6-3. Defensive slugfest 13-7. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of what took place in this game? Well, first of all, you went three quarters, and it was Fort Valley game. Three quarters, 7-0. That, that's a defensive slug if I've ever seen one. Then we get into the 13th, uh, the, the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, how many state puts in? How do they do it? Rush the ball. I don't know what happened to that line at Fort Valley. The first three quarters, they were fine. And all of a sudden, if you look at the stats on the fourth quarter, Albany State was able to rush the ball a little bit more. They were able to pass the ball a little bit more. And the stats, I, I if you look at the stats, they don't really tell you the story. But if you saw pieces of that game, you saw kind of a tire Fort Valley. I don't know if it was attrition. I don't know if it was the weather or what. But something happened in that fourth quarter that Albany State was able to rush the ball a little bit more. So kudos to them. So, you know, you, you, you had quarterback play that was good, but I would say that that fourth quarter was game on game, you know, where, you know, you know, Jane Sullivan had a couple of one-yard, 11-yard runs, and they weren't at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They were toward the end. Mm -hmm. So this was a game of attrition and who which team wanted it more. So – at the end of the day, it came out. It was all Benny State. You're talking about lifting up those four. You see everybody do it around the country in that fourth quarter. Well, obviously, the Golden Rams took it seriously when they lifted up those four and got it done. With that being said, let's go to our independent mid-major game of the week. Thomasville, Georgia, Veterans Memorial Stadium. Number 10, Florida Memorial Lions improved to 6-3, and 5-1 in the conference race in that Sun Conference. Thomas Nighthawks are one to seven, one and five, as the final score was thirty-seven to twenty-four. Drew got a bird's eye view of this matchup. Drew, what were your thoughts? 
Well, the Warrior took uh, possession of the ball, scored on their uh, first offensive possession. Uh, but then Thomas, first time they touched the ball on offense, scored a touchdown on a 65-yard run. So everybody in the stadium was kind of hyped, kind of like, all right, we got a chance against this, against this team. Not so fast, one of the continue to put on the uh, full court press and to uh, go go up on Thomas. But Thomas, a team that will that fight and will not go away, uh, scored 17 points on the Lions there in the fourth quarter. One turnover the entire game. It was by Florida Memorial, and it gave Thomas an opportunity down 37-24 uh, with an opportunity to go and to put six more on the board, but the Florida Memorial defense held firm for St. Thomas uh, on, uh, to get the ball up on down. And from that point, Florida Memorial was essentially able to control the uh, game, the running game, and run out the clock on the Nighthawks. Florida Memorial is looking good as they try to close out the season. They got a big one next week uh, to make a statement uh, as a uh, pretty solid season, as you talked about. Kaiser University to be fascinating to see what goes up there. With that being said, let's get into the CIAA mid-major game of the week. Richmond, Virginia, Ruby Field, L. Douglas Wilder Classic. You all know by now what was on the line. Top three matchup. It doesn't get much better than this. Number two, Virginia Union Panthers. Get it done. Live up to all the hype. Nine and one, seven and one defeat. The upstart, number three, Virginia State Trojans that fall to eight and two, six and two. 30-20 was the final score. Joshua Sims Sr., take it away. Yeah, man, this this was here CIAA football, man. This was the matchup that we talked about for weeks that could end up happening in the CIAA North. And would you believe it, ladies and gentlemen, that Virginia Union got this done through the air? Mm. Most all of their touchdowns yesterday through the air, including Jada Byers, only touchdown yesterday. Still went for a buck 55 on the ground yesterday, but had 168 total yards yesterday. And his only and lone touchdown goes through the air. Virginia Union goes on an air attack that nobody saw coming. We thought that Virginia Union was going to ground and pound this game and Virginia State's team was going to have to play really good defense to stop the run. But wow, man, Virginia Union does it. This was a close game, Doc. This was a close game. But that early touchdown in the first quarter turned out to be the deciding factor. Second quarter was a back-and-forth chess match. Third quarter was a little bit more of the same even game. And then in the fourth quarter, ain't nobody score. And it became a defensive juggernaut, almost keep keep away, a game of keep away in the fourth quarter. But, man, I am so surprised. I was so surprised to see. Watch this game a little bit on the CIAA Sports Network yesterday and was so surprised to see Virginia Union win this game so efficiently through the air. There was that was that was the biggest surprise to me yesterday to see that. Shout out to Virginia Union. Shout out to that coaching staff and that in that program and those young men who came together and won that game yesterday. Now it's time for the CIAA championship game. If the Panthers can get it done in that championship, that goes well in terms of Virginia Union playoffs. And the fact that now they have a different way that they can win a football game, that could be intriguing moving forward. With that being said, let's talk to the other side. The number one team is a top Four matchup in this uh, game in Columbia, South Carolina, Charlie W. Johnson Stadium. Uh, you had the number one Benedict Tigers 
as they improved to 10 and 0, 8 and 0 on the season. They were at number four, Allen Yellow Jackets at 7 and 3, uh, fall to 7 and 3, I should say, 6 and 3 in the conference race. Final score of the game was 37 to 9, so it was not really that close uh, in terms of these top teams. Good game, good matchup. Charles, what were your thoughts in terms of those Benedict Tigers? Yeah, well, shout out to Benedict Tigers in terms of being uh, the first uh, HBCU team since Winston Salem State got it done in 2011-2012 uh, to have about back-to-back undefeated regular seasons. Uh, so shout out to Coach Chinsbury with regards to that. And when you talk about this game yesterday, uh, they got it done earlier. They capitalized off of the Allen turnovers uh, in the first quarter and scored on uh, all the turnovers on two of their first three possessions, 21-7 there in the first quarter. They were the coast the rest of the way uh, through the game, 37-9. But we take a look at it. You know, we talk about a little bit endless in terms of uh, that defensive prowess leading the charge. Yesterday, it was actually a young man by the name of, <laughs> my goodness, uh, he got it done yesterday. Uh, Joshua Barker, talking about eight tackles, uh, four tackles for a loss, three sacks yesterday, Dr. Phil. So it's been a big uh, defense. Um, they got it done yesterday against a really, really good Allen offense in terms of limiting what David Wright was able to do. Can't take your head off enough to win the Tigers in terms of what they were able to get done. Good stuff, Jay. Good stuff. Last one here we got. I'm going to go back to AD as we go to Fairfield, Alabama. Charles Sloan Stadium. Another top 10 matchup. Number eight, Miles Golden Bears improved to 73 62, defeat their rival in the number six, the Speedy Golden Tigers. They fall to 73 62, 35 10. Game wasn't quite that close at the end. A little nip and tuck early in it. Drew, what are your thoughts? Hey, game started off Tuskegee knowing everything that they had on the line. Started off well, uh, scoring the first time that they touched the ball on offense after forcing Miles to punt the ball. Tuskegee up 7-0 early. Miles able to come back, tie the score, and then ultimately take the uh, lead early into in the second quarter. And then Tuskegee was able to get a field goal as time expired in the second quarter to make the score 14 to 10. So if you're a Golden Tigers fan at that point, all right, we've got we've got we've got a chance in this in this particular match because we've got the ball coming out first in the second half. Well, not not a good thing. Both teams are uh, traded punts there early in the third quarter, and then it looks like uh, then there was a turnover, but Miles was unable to capitalize. But it looks like the Miles offense was able to finally click and figure out that they could take advantage of the Tuskegee secondary and big play touchdown vibes. Get the ball back. Another big play. Not a touchdown, but he gets stopped. He gets stopped on the one. So the quarterback takes it in on the next play for the touchdown. And then that's when you started seeing the wheels fall off <laughs> of the Tuskegee train. And those trains they got the tow truck out there on the tracks right now, picking up all the scraps. As Tuskegee uh, went up to Fairfield, Alabama, and essentially laid an egg with everything in their own in their own hands, and the yoke is all on the Golden Tigers. Man, well done, A.D. Drew, because you broke this down at least three weeks ago, maybe a little further back. You said when all this lines out, if you're looking at everything, you're looking at the schedule. This is Tuskegee. They got this and this and that. The last thing I have to do is. 
tough one against the route. Everything else is going to line up. And it rolled just like you said. And as you said, they decided to go on the train track. Uh, train wreck and picking up the part. So well said, well done. With that being said, let's take our last break. We'll come back on the other side, talk a little bit about the major division and get some final thoughts for the show. Stick with us. Be right back after this break. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulders. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. He got it down though. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. I love the intro because it sticks. North Charleston, South Carolina was literally the scene of the crime. Working in field, Big South OBC. Man, number three, Tennessee State Tigers. All the six and three, two and two. Just when everybody was ready to get cited, they were talking about BCS, Black College National Championships, and the Tigers risen from the dead. Well, maybe that was a little too fast. As they lose the Charleston Southern Buccaneers, four and five, two and two, this really makes it tight in terms of the race in the uh, Big South OVC with everything being serious. They um, still have a chance at a winning season. As they had clinched that last week, obviously, so that was big news. But they fall 35 to 21. It was a back and forth game, actually tied at 21 at one point. But with that being said, Drew, what were your final thoughts on this overall match? This this was another case of exactly what happened in Fairfield, Alabama, with Tennessee State having mm-hmm. their own destiny in their hands. With UT Martin losing, Tennessee State with a victory could have pulled themselves tied for second place with everything in their own hand for the well a majority of their destiny in their own hands for the rest of the season. And when you go back and look at this, Dr. Field, it makes you wonder how Tennessee State even lost this game. I mean, 17 mm-hmm. first down to seven. Total yards, 269, 192. That, that, not, a, not a pretty game as far as if you, if you like offense. This was, this was a slug pass. Uh, offense. Reds only fishes. Tennessee State, three or four. Charleston Southern, two or three. Time of possession, Tennessee State, 31-41. Charleston Southern, 28-19. So when I look up and the score is tied at 21-21, Tennessee State had to come back and get that touchdown. Be like, all right, Tennessee State woke up. They they could have taken control of this game. How the hell do you lose a game with all that in your favor? One interception. Five fumbles. Three of them. Just do this, do the math. That's four turnovers, two one. That's how you lose a game to Charleston Southern. That's it. When you get in there, classic matchup. That's how you lose it. Turnovers will get you in trouble every time, uh, unless you're really that important. But you have that discrepancy in the margin difference, it's hard to get it done. Let's get into our classic game of the week. We go to Mobile, Alabama, Port City Classic. 
they call it, Lad People Stadium. Top 10 matchup. I was really intrigued about this matchup. Knew in one way that this was a chance for Bramlin to make a statement and try to keep their name in the West race. Alabama State had a chance to continue to further win and solidify themselves uh, as also in terms of making a statement for the East, which Charles told us literally three years ago. Mm. Y'all need to watch out for them. And at this point, I certainly don't doubt you, but I'm getting a little concerned in terms of what the East continues to do more than not against the West. Yeah. Fascinating to me. This time they do it in a defensive way. Alabama State Hornets improved to five and three. One win away from a winning season. Four and two in the conference rate. They had their big win over Jackson State and both of them tied for second, which is a statement. Uh, as they are behind FAMU and it showcased that they are the top of the league at this point. Versus number eight, Grambling State. And I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of Grambling State Tigers are disappointed. Four and five, three and three. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup and why it came out the way it did? Yeah, well, interesting backstory. Uh, we're looking at this game. Miles Crowd won against this uh, former team in Alabama State. Uh, but, but when you're talking about this Alabama State team, uh, you're talking about their defense. And again, it was another strong defensive effort. They intercepted Miles Crowley twice yesterday. The big thing, I think, and this has been uh, super to the south of Bramlin, has been Chance Williams and Floyd Chalk. Uh, but yesterday, Alabama State limited Bramlin's rushing attack only 62 yards uh, of rushing. And then I, I haven't seen a team yet in the swag that can stop the swag's version of Megatron. And it's Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, another big way Yeah, I mean, they only threw for 95 yards. He had 64 so, oh. <laughs> you know, uh, that was huge. Uh, for Alabama I mean, dude is a dude is a specimen in terms of uh, trying to uh, guard him. But he had another big day. But like I said, 67 percent of the pass. Yeah, 67 percent of the pass. I mean, when you take a look at what he was able to get done uh, for them on the offensive side of the ball. They just got to find ways to get him the ball probably more consistently. But, you know, they're the hottest one of the hottest teams, I think, in the swag right now with a defense like that. You know, you talked about not wanting to see uh, Alcorn. That's another team. You just yeah. don't want to see down the stretch. And I think there is a certain school that has Alabama State still left out there on their schedule. So. Yeah. Yeah, quality. <laughs> quality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, last home game. Last so home game, yeah. The you hottest team in the swag season with that. So, uh, you can see it play out again. You'd be like, huh? And Bubba will be squarely. <laughs> Uh, he woke back up. A lot of folks decided after this, but he got to find a way to at least finish the deal from his side. Yeah, Alcorn gets it yeah. done. That's a different thing. But he doesn't want to be in a position where uh, Alcorn still has the toe against Jackson State. That game moving out there, and then it's all yours, and you can't get it done against Alabama State points. Very much. So. That will be fascinating. Let's switch gears and go to our brothers over there in the MEAC. MEAC Division Game of the Week: Orangeburg, South Carolina. Oliver C. Dawson Stadium, the South Carolina State Bulldogs, four and five, as they improved to four and five, two and one. I told everybody coming in this matchup, I even said it during the football media day, this was going to be fascinating. I was in South Carolina State. It was their homecoming. And I was looking at it, Buddy Pugh had a chance. He needed to run the table. The players needed to get it done for him to find a way to run the table, and they could finish with a winning record as he exits and retires. I said all that. And then you get the news uh, in the middle of the week that the athletic director 
uh, was no longer going to be in position to get the job. And then she had resigned immediately, basically at Friday before the game, which took on a whole different direction. Joshua, you kind of alluded to this in a little bit. And then I said, hey, but it's number 10. The Howard Bikes, who fall to four and five because of this loss, fall to two and one, meaning they were undefeated. They had a chance to get a solid win, make a statement, host the game against what now is the number one ranked North Carolina Central Eagles, both going in three and oh. And the Bison this time could not come from behind to get it done. They fall 27-24. They did push and come back, but it wasn't enough. With that being said, Joshua Sam Sr., I'm really intrigued to see what you your thoughts are in terms of this matchup. Doc, there's there's so many ways. You know, football is is, an, is a multi-layered, multi-dimensional sport. Uh, I, I think that there are other sports that are similar, but just not the same. There are so many components to the game of football that end up impacting the outcome of the game. When you start hearing the analysts and the pundits talk about third down efficiency, yards per carry, time of possession, efficiency, quarterback rating efficiency. When you start hearing statements and data points to my brother uh, Mike's point, data points like this, it begins to make you have to peel back the layers of a game for you to truly understand how the outcome ends up going. So just a little bit into my coaching mind, just a little bit into my coaching mind, because I cannot go too deep into this. And then I, I would just start going down a rabbit hole from a coaching perspective. Check this out. Two of 14 on third down efficiency. That's not good. Not good at all. Check this. 193 passing yards to 19 passing yards. 53 rushing yards. Two yards per carry. Time of possession, similar. But this is the one that's most alerting. Somebody yesterday, I, I don't want to talk about this because it hurts my heart that we let this young brother get out of our backyard and make his way down to Orangeburg, South Carolina. 27 carries for 283 rushing yards. Mm -hmm. Averaged a first down and a half, three touchdowns, and check this out. His biggest run yesterday was for 80 five yards you want to know how or why you lose a football game here it is ladies and gentlemen you lost the third down battle you were completely inefficient on third down you only rushed for less than 70 rushing yards and you allowed a true freshman to rush for 283 rushing yards. So don't ask why you lost the football game. Don't ask if it had anything to do with Quentin Williams. He balled out yesterday. Because I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about 
will being the reason why they lose games. 16 to 29 for a buck 93 yesterday, two passing touchdowns. Can't ask for more efficiency at somebody else's homecoming. But you gave up 200, you gave up 438 rushing yards yesterday. Uh, they went three for 11 for 19 yards through the air. 19 yards? You gave up 438 rushing yards. Talk about making a team one-dimensional and you still lose in a one-dimensional game. I digress. I mean no harm. I mean no hurt. It's Sunday. It's the Sabbath in some, some religions. and other religions, it's just a day for you to be able to chill. So I digress. I, I leave it there, Doc. I, I don't mean no hurt, harm, or danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to repeat that. 438 yards on 46 carries. That's 9.5 yards a carry as a team. Yeah. They had That's a first two down. guys that rushed for a first down every time they took the ball. <laughs> On average, he talked about Jawan Howell, 10.5 on the average. But you have Corey Fields at the quarterback. 13.7. Yeah. quarterback. No wonder he didn't pass the ball. He have to. He have to do it. He have to. Yeah. I just got to throw something And that means out, you man. lose all the time in possession because all you need to do is no matter how efficient you are on the quarterback because you can't keep up the field. Move the sticks. First down. Every yeah. time you run. First down. Every time you hand the ball off, first down. Every time the quarterback take a snap, first down. And you let Corey Fields do that, and you got Mister Mister, you got Mister Dual Threat coming into your town next week. Oh my god! I'm, I'm, I'm sure the linebackers are sitting around looking at the defensive line like, how many gaps y'all gonna miss? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Exactly. Drew, you hey, want? Chuck, hey Chuck, last thing, thing, Chuck. Hey, you hey Chuck, last thing, thing though, Chuck. Not only the defensive line, but they was making the linebackers look silly. You get to the next level, and you out here. <laughs> <laughs> he said they had linebackers on skates. <laughs> 80 Drew. Hey, uh, those, those kind of stats uh, kind of remind me of Kentucky State a couple of years ago with that offense that they had the SIEC when they were running their triple option offense. But this is not a triple option offense, and you still put up those kind of numbers. And how many attempts did you say that brother had, uh, once again, Joshua? How many rushing 27. attempts? 27. Let's put this into perspective. We see games where we don't see 27 attempts by an entire team. Sometimes by by both teams combined, and one right. person had 27 attempts yesterday. If you had a team stat that rushed for 260, I mean 283 yards, you would be like, yes, yeah. yes. Hey, well, 280 on the ground. This is one person, human being. You let one human being do that. <laughs> and he's a true freshman. This time last year. He was in high school taking class. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let me get out of here. One last shout-out to South Carolina State. <laughs> the stadium holds 22,000. They announced attendance at 22,269, 100%. Getting it done. Shout-out South Carolina State. I like that. With that, let me go to the last game. We're going back to the SWAC major division game. Lorman, Mississippi certainly was the scene of this crime if you were a Southern Jack. Phoenix Case in the stadium. 
I sure wish VJ Jones was here. Cause you talking about some faces and some words. Let me, get the, let me get out the camera shot. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, I got something to say. But we got the next one up. He'll do it just number five. This is nice one. Top seven matchup. We said everything going into it. This was all you wanted. Man, we was in the sweet. Took us forever to get the broadcast. We look at the score. We like, okay, we finally get it all. We like, this is what we this is what we thought. This can't, up and this can't be true. No, let me, let me shake this thing. This can't, no, no, no. This can't, no. I, I'm, I'm, maybe it's a connection. It can't be true. I'm seriously. I know you did. This was one game. You needed a complete game from Arrow Club. You got nothing, everything short of a complete game. You know my data point? Two for eight. Two for eight. On third down. No, I'm sorry, two for 11. That's less than 20%. Less than 20%. How many yards you have rushing? 69. 69. Man, let, let me let me just pull out these data points. Seriously, before I get to the real, the real heat of the matter. Look at this. 2.3 yards of rush. That means every time you rush, and, and that's across three different running backs. Three different running backs. 69 yards, 2.3 yards of rush. Three running backs, five turnovers. Two, three of those were interceptions, and two of those are what I call "give me that." You ever play smear the queer? You get a kid the ball, and then he got to run for a touchdown, and somebody tried to take it away. Yep. These were not fumble. These were "give me that." <laughs> give me that ball, dude. Keno Lacewood. If you see the play, he basically met the running back at the line and said, "Give me that," and took the ball and ran all the way down. 37 yards for time. Very next turnover. Very next possession. What does Harold Flood do? He throws a pick six. That set the tone for the whole game. Offensive line, where when, when you play football, the offensive line has to come to play. It did not come to play. I think they were somewhere down. They must have went to Bourbon Street somewhere because they didn't show up yesterday at all. That that Alcorn State, that man, that that line. They basically say, give me your lunch, give me your money, give me your clothes. This is our game. They give me your meal. This was domination. And the receiving game for Alcorn, they had an 85-yard, a 58-yard pass. But that was not the stickler because Aaron Allen had a great game. When you see those receivers run, the missed tackles, it was like, it was like a video game. It was like three or four people could not tackle these receivers. I don't know what happened. Alcorn State bought the game, but like I said, nobody wants to play Alcorn State right now. Not right now. And that was the one game you needed Harold Flood to have a fucking league game. He did not. That made them one-dimensional. Well, they couldn't rush at all. 2.3 yards of carry. Not, not good. Oh, you need to have the ball. They only had the ball 20 minutes of the game. The other 40 minutes belonged to the team from, yeah, Mississippi. So, Total domination whatsoever. That was a beat up. That was a beat down. I think the headline said Alcorn State Blitz and Southern. No, that was a that was a beat down. <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a really tough day for Harold Blue. That's a really tough day. Um, and I'm I'm not sure what the answer is with regards to Southern's offense because um, the frustrating part I think if you're a Southern fan is you see the pieces there. You see the kids run, you see the uh, the, the speed on the outside, but yeah. um, 
for whatever reason, it just hadn't gotten done on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. Yeah, they have, they are struggling with offense. Yes. All, really all year long. But there's some of the games where you might touch on it. You think maybe they're turning the corner. Yeah. In the next game, it, it goes well. Which is interesting because now you have Prairie going down in next week, so, uh, which is basically elimination. Yeah, yeah. Not either one. Yeah. For the Western Division. Quick question. AD, you have a question? Yeah. You know, back in July, you, the answer, the question for Southern was quarterback. Yep. So, but let's dive into that question. Is it the quarterbacks in the room? Or is it what they're teaching the quarterbacks? Because I, I still say the best quarterback on campus is the coach, the quarterback coach. So something is something's going wrong in the translation. Either they're not recruiting the right athlete for that system, or the athletes are too stubborn or too hard-headed to implement the system, or the system just doesn't work. But for what whatever the thing is, the Jaguars are not getting consistent results. It's just that something. I think it goes a little deeper than that. <clears throat> I know a lot of people look in that direction, and that's probably fair, but I have seen something uh, all year long. Uh, that, that, offensive line, offensive line. Yeah. that offensive line has not gotten any push. Yep. You've seen with their inability to run the ball, and it's affecting what they're doing on the passing side yes, of the ball, yeah. too. Because you don't have which, – Which means the quarterback is affected if he has no time. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, exactly where I was going to go. So I think there's some major issues, and people are looking at everything else, coaching. And obviously you can put it on coaching to some degree because they recruit the players on the offensive line. And I think a lot of people are more looking at it coaching in terms of play calling and who he has as a signal caller. At this point, there may be some of that. But I think a larger issue that makes it a challenge is the offensive line. You may have a quarterback that can come in there every once in a while, but consistently over a year, you have a problem if you can't get any good run blocking. And then you also have a set that really can't pass block either. You got a major problem on your offensive line. Exactly. Let's take our last break. We'll come back on the other side with our final segment where we'll look into some of the key matchups for next weekend. But I also want to make sure we touch on the number one and number two team, at least in terms of the final sport, as they continue to look like what is a collision course. We talked about some of the teams that are out there that they need to be watch out for. We'll set it up next week for a matchup, uh, both in the MEAC and SWAC. So stick with us after this last break, and we'll come back on the other side and give you a final second, final thoughts from these gentlemen here on what took place. And we'll put a pin on at least – the 2023 homecoming for North Carolina Central and Prairie a University. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, 
We can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love laugh and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. <laughs> this is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Boy, those breaks, I'm glad they're not reported. That being said, let's get back into it. Number one ranked North Carolina Central Eagles as they took over the number one spot. They defeated Norfolk State Spartans 38-24. They continue to be what we thought they are and continue to do what they do. The number two ranked Florida a and Rattlers defeat uh, the Florida, uh, the Alabama A&M Bulldogs 42-28 uh, as they continue to do what they're supposed to do and make a statement. Well, I really wanted to get into a couple of key matchups this weekend. I think it's obvious. Uh, on uh, the west side, you have uh, Prairie View at Southern. Yep. Saturday game. Prairie View comes at four and five, uh, defeating Pine Bluff. We said this weekend, Southern comes off the losing to Alcorn State five and four. Uh, big matchup here. What are your thoughts, Mike, in terms of this matchup? Originally, when we started, we said, you know, Southern's big, right? We didn't know how good the quarterback was. Looking at them play against Fanny and then against Alcorn, you see some real issues, not only with the offensive line, the quarterback play. We just talked about that. If Prairie View can pull a complete game, and I'll say complete, go on the road like they did at Alcorn, even though it's early in the season, and they get solid play out of trays on the con, and they spread the ball across the several receivers they have, and they run it, and they have a balanced offense. Prairie View has a strong chance to go into Baton Rouge and take this one. That's a big hit because even though Prairie View played a solid game, we've seen times where one drive, they're like, that's the Prairie View we know and expect. And then we'll see another drive where Trayvon Conley, what were you thinking? What's up with the play calling? So if they can put together a consistent game, they have a great shot at going against this, I don't know, when they went offensive line for Southern and running the ball, and offensively, basically meeting them defensively as well, because some and their their efficiency has been almost worse at times, much worse than Purdue you and them. If you look at them across the last four games, so it'll be interesting which team shows up and can Purdue be balanced without the mistakes and maintain that consistency. Good one. I'm gonna go to you, Charles, for this one. This was a sneaky one for me. First, they moved the game to Sunday. That's Alcorn State come off a big victory over Southern. Now they got to go on the road. They control their own destiny. They come in at six and three, as you know. They play Texas Southern. That's two and seven. They haven't quit, obviously. They're at home. Do they have a chance to finally find a way to get over a hump and get a key win where they have been close to no cigar? Is this the one they can get done? Will they shock the world? They can if they don't turn the ball over. I think that's the big thing with Texas Southern. Uh, this is a team that has talent on both sides of the ball. And they're 
easily one of the best rushing teams in the SWAC. Uh, and I think that's the big thing. You have to worry with regards to Texas Southern, with regards to them shooting themselves in the foot. And, and, and that's tough to say because you see the talent. You see the pieces there. Uh, yet, again, we get out. They figure out a way uh, to hand over games, if you will. And I think that's been the biggest thing. But uh, when you talk about uh, Darius Soros and Ja'Cory Howard, uh, they're going to give you a full four, uh, a full four quarters. Uh, they're tough, tough, and that offensive line is nasty. So Alcorn has to be prepared. They have to be ready. But to that, to that very thing, Texas Southern has to figure out a way to not shoot themselves. Good stuff. The other one over here is a Friday, November tenth game. I just is unique. It's on ESPN. It's a Friday. It'll be interesting to see. It's a Western Division game. Grambling coming off a tough road loss, four and five. Pine Bluff is at one and eight off the road loss, two as well. The number two team, Florida AM, last home game for the seniors. They play Lincoln, California. Obviously, FAMU comes in at eight and one, uh, but Lincoln, California is 0 and 11. So we're going to switch it, go into the MEAC in terms of what obviously will be the game of the week, uh, which is. North Carolina Central, the number one ranked team at eight and one. It's on ESPNU. Uh, Howard University is hosting at four and five. Tough road loss. Homecoming in this matchup. Uh, Joshua Sims, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Maybe not quite the hype that we had before the loss of Howard, where both teams would have came in three and overs. Quietly kept. With just one loss, obviously, if you can find a way to get it done, I know a lot of people are not going to think in there. You would have the head. <laughs> so Howard still has a lot to play for in terms that they can muster up and get it done. We talked about the concern. Plays right in the hands in a lot of ways of Central. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, uh, yeah, Doc, if, if I could just uh, flash back a little bit from, from about two or three months ago, um, I talked about – that there was one game on our schedule, not because we thought that they were a formidable foe, but because at MEAC Media Day, there was a question that was asked by Jay Walker on the stage about how we felt about how about Howard being and parading themselves around as the co-champions. And I came on, I, I talked to you about it. We talked about it on HBC United, but I talked to you specifically about this, Doc, and I told you, that that I had never seen a team that had so much forward for them. I had never personally seen a team have so much going forward for them, mm -hmm. and opportunity going forward for them to be to circle. I like you know you talk about it. You talk about teams circling a game on their schedule, and you like everything that they have in their being is focused on making a statement in a specific game. I didn't I had never seen a team actually do it in real time. Like I've been a coach, I play, like you have rivalry games and you have games that you like, you know, you just get up for. Like we play against school down the highway, we always gonna get up for that game. You know, we play against Winston State, we always gonna get up for that game. But I saw this team in particular, as they were coming back down from Norfolk and going back to Durham, I saw them walk out of there. I was talking to one of the coaches and they were like, Mike, you y'all you ever seen somebody that like something happened and they'd be like, okay. Yep. Okay. okay. I didn't know how serious it was until last night. 
I was texting last night with some of the players after the game. And after the game, you know, they swung by the bowl and said hello to everybody. But then they all left and went back to their room. And our All-American quarterback last night didn't go out. I asked him if it was, you know, I told him be safe and if he was going out. He didn't go out. He said, and I quote, I have a statement that I'm going to make to the country next Saturday. I, listen, I, I was a B-plus high school football player. You know what I mean? I stepped in in North Carolina Central and played behind some All-Americans and, you know, and made my way on the special teams. And I ain't saying that everybody for everybody else. I know that the intrigue has gone down because they lost to Howard last week. But, I mean, because they lost to South Carolina State yesterday. But I'm telling you right now, as God is my witness, there is a message that these young men are trying to send. It ain't a get-up game for everybody else in the world. But for these young men, they have a statement they are trying to make. I don't know how this going to look. I don't know what this going to look like. But I've never seen this team more motivated than they are right now. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> and they've been quiet. They haven't said anything. Doc, got Doc, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I was there. Any of these guys I was there. I was nice. there no folks for that. And I heard it clear as they were making it around. Yeah. It was serious. It was very palpable that um, that the Central did not those players there. Not the coach, but the players there. They didn't, they weren't feeling all this co-champion. Co-champion. <laughs> they lost the game. I mean, they wasn't even happy. So it's interesting when it comes up. I like that. So I'm fascinated. There's another one, quiet, sneaky game, Charles, here. We won't get into it, but I want to bring it to y'all attention. Morgan State, three and five versus what they've done defensively, find a little bit of offense, they're three and five. If they went out, that was 500 years mm. season. Second-year coach, yep. he's on his way. Mm. Going out in South Carolina State, I already told you that they had to run the table. They come in at four and five, big win. And only game, ESPN Plus, this is one to keep your eyes on in regards to Buddy Pew finishing out the season or Morgan State. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll leave it right there. Mm -hmm. Drew, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to go over there to Tennessee State. Now, before you do that, <laughs> I do have to make a statement. North Carolina A&T continues to struggle 42-32. Yep. Um, I know you call them the team down school down the highway, uh, but <laughs> they lost their homecoming, forty two to thirty two mm. against Towson. That was four and five. It's going to be fascinating to watch this program. Not because we want to see the misery. I think Josh probably. Oh, I love it. But <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness. Uh, how high this team was before mm -hmm. they left to make yeah. the changes. Mm -hmm. And people can say whatever reasons, and many of them could be true, but the fact of how far it's they fall. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what that looks like. Now, what I want to go to you, Drew, is Tennessee State. They already have the winning season six and three. Obviously, 
they feel they let it get away in regards to putting themselves in a position to fight for the Big South OBC Championship. More importantly for them, they were looking at the playoffs potential. That's done. But this is the matchup that you can really tell if they turn the corner. Six and three, Tennessee State faces Eastern Illinois that is also six and three. So ESPN, it's going to be fascinating to see what that looks like uh, as you talk about the standings. Uh, Eastern Illinois is at two and two. Obviously, Tennessee State is at two and two. So just for the trajectory of the overall program, what are your thoughts, Drew, uh, quickly as we get out of here? If this is a game where Eddie George has to make a statement to show how true of a coach he is. Every coach loses that game that they felt like they should have won. Every coach loses that tough. What marks a good coach from a great coach is the ability to come back and, and use the 24-hour rule and forget about it and to go and continue on the mission that you have for the entire season. HBCU championship, national championship is, is gone. Chances at the FBS play, FCS playoffs are slim. Chances at winning the OBC Big South are slim, but there is an outside chance. You have a conscious chance with that, but you need a lot of help. So for Eddie George to get this group together, motivate them, and to finish off the season strong, to try to set it up so that maybe in 2024 the fans believe in the Tigers and will actually show up at the stadium. Do you want you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, man, I'm gonna get out of here for three times. And he was too serious, man. <laughs> 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 Hey, hey, Dr. Hey, Kabir, did yeah. you hear Drew? Did you hear what Drew said at the end, though? He said it's so cool and so smooth. He said, so did y'all in 2024 will decide to show up. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. The only reason no fans showing up is if they, they announce they're going to join the SWAC. Whether it's 2024, 2025, 2026. Other than that, they're not coming. They told you what they're doing. You can do all the winning in the world. You're going to have those selected hands who want to see them win. Outside of that, they just going through the motions. But let them do what they do. That's what they do. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Drew did try to sell it. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. That, that felt short. Joshua. <laughs> Charles Bishop did everything not to laugh. Mike Washington poking fun. Joshua just grinning and doing his famous thing. It is good. I am Dr. Yadikaville, Dean of HBC Sports. Come from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, Joshua Sims, Seniors, and A.D. Drew here at Prairie View, shutting down the final part of the homecoming. Boy, was it a good one, another legacy. And I am out of win. I can't wait to sit up here and just sit back on my couch and watch uh, Brian and A.D. on Sports Wrap because I won't have anything left. Again, we hope you enjoyed everything. Make sure next week you catch up with X's and O's, two of the three of the crew, BJ Jones, curator of the HBC Weekly, Josh senior curator of HBC Nightly. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Liz inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch Crowd Mitchell every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, Sunday at 9. Obviously, the shows are not 
as long generally on Sundays, but a little love in terms of homecoming special, North Carolina Central. I do want to give Charles a special statement to make sure he gets an announcement. He's going to go over there and call. Uh, SWAC Soccer Championship. Uh, Grambling uh, taking on Jackson State SWAC uh, Soccer Championship. Uh, it's been a tremendous few days. Uh, SWAC Championship has been here on the campus of Purdue during homecoming this Thursday, Friday, and uh, culmination today, uh, Sunday, or SWAC Digital. My dog! My dog! Congrats, dog. Congrats, dog. I know you can't call it, uh, but uh, Grambling's playing really well. Jackson? Yeah, Grambling, both, both teams are playing very well. They, they do a tremendous job of maneuvering the ball. Uh, across the pitch and, and using their speed uh, to push mm. the ball into the corners. And uh, they have uh, – both teams have great scores right there in, those, uh, in terms of midfielders who are able to get the ball in the net. Yeah. Josh, what time can we catch up? Oh, some of your folks uh, to make digital. sure they get a women's uh, soccer program up there, man, so we can get some cross-town robbery, man. We on, we on the way, Doc. We on the way. North Carolina Central, those are – and I, I, I can't – I'm not going to say, you know, oh. official – uh, I cannot make that as official. I don't. I don't work for an institution, but I know that uh, because we have that auxiliary field, uh, because you know, uh, when we have some additional uh, resources there on campus, um, in the athletics department, that will be one of the next sports that we add. Man, is men and women's soccer. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that because it, North Carolina in general is a, is a high band for soccer, and now that we have the pro team in Charlotte, you'll start to see us a hundred percent. Really dial into um to into soccer, man. So I'm looking forward to that, Doc. I'm looking forward to us being able to come down and play Jackson and soccer uh, on the women's and and same with Prairie, Prairie View and all of our brothers and sisters, man. Excited to have who have soccer. We're looking forward to doing that. No doubt, Delaware State, South Carolina State, and Howard. Shout out their soccer. Drew, quick. Time is that our game on Slack Digital, Charles? Uh, one o'clock, one o'clock Central, so it'll be two o'clock Eastern. Good stuff. Thank you. We look forward to next week. When we discuss the latest in the news in the lab, thank you for Drew for getting that out. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And we haven't forgot about that. We're going to film you and Bethune-Cookman and get some women's soccer as well. Inside the HBC Sports Lab Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab, Dream Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. A.D. and Joshua? Dismiss. Dismiss. Be safe, people.